that note, welcome to Geeks with Kids, your bi-weekly geeky podcast from a parenting point of view. I'm one of your hosts, Steve, and uh, today I am just with our eponymous Eric. Hi, Eric. How are you? Uh, I'm all right. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. So this is actually an episode we fell a little behind on. Both of us went to the EGLX this year, which if you don't know what that means is the Enthusiast Gaming Live Expo, which is uh, basically a video game convention uh, for Toronto. And it was on October the 18th and ran to the 20th. And uh, this time uh, when I went, it was a convention center downtown. Previously, when I had gone before, it was at, uh, I think it was the airport convention center. So very different and quite far away. But yeah, uh, I guess that was my first question, uh, Eric. Uh, what did you think of the layout and the, the feel of it uh, being in the, uh, the, the, the Toronto Convention Center? I thought it was good. It reminded me of early Fan Expo. Yeah. More or less, the, the organization was pretty good. They spread out the main, the main three stages fairly well. There was a lot of walking room. Yeah. The vendors had a lot of space per aisle, which was nice. Yeah. I thought Artist Alley was a bit cramped and mis- yes. or, uh, dis- disorganized. It, there were aisles in Artist Alley that I didn't even know were there until mm. the last day and the last couple hours. That which is was true. unfortunate. So that is true. No, I, I ended up uh yeah, I ended up uh having to go and I went to Artist Alley and I ended up staying a little longer than I intended because I yeah, you're right. It was a lot bigger and much more uh packed uh than I expected. Um, but otherwise I, yeah, I absolutely agree. It had, it was just had great space, you know, it didn't feel crowded. And, um, and I mean, I'm, I'm not a convention aficionado by any means. Um, but, uh, I thought it was a really nice convention. It had a good feel, good energy. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like, I would, I mean, just, you know, being honest, I hope because they have moved to the convention center now, uh, that they take advantage of the space a little bit more and somehow maybe get some bigger video game companies involved because it was just Ubisoft again. Oh, there was Nintendo, of course. Yes. Okay. So mm-hmm. Nintendo and Ubi. So that's significant. Xbox was there too. Were they? Oh yeah. They had yeah. that little, it was a little tiny booth though, right? It wasn't I that, mean, it was actually fairly big. It was, a, it was just a little bit smaller than Nintendo. Um, they had at least um, eight uh, consoles there running games. So it was a Nintendo it, one. I thought the Nintendo one was bigger, but maybe it, no. Nintendo one was space. bigger. The the yeah. Xbox one was just a little bit smaller. Sure, um, sure. Space wise, although they had probably more um, video games there than Nintendo. I guess that's one of the things that you notice at like Fan Expo because like these major corporations, they just they just take a giant footprint wherever they can, you know. <laughs> yeah, but so. yeah, Nintendo, but um, Fan Expo, their 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 big vendors are really just there to sell crap um, sure they weren't dead they don't really demo anything um, fair enough like when hasbro used to go there they they didn't yeah, even bring like new exclusive things it was it was just random crap to sell to yeah you know leftover the warehouse le- yeah leftover convention wares from previous conventions that's true enough yeah so i don't know i think right now i think it's actually a good size and it would be kind of cool and exciting if there were maybe a, a, a little bit more uh, you know, um, you know, main companies like Sony or whatnot, you know, but, but I, I don't know. I thought it was a, it was good energy. It was fun, spacious. And, uh, you know, going on Friday, of course that was a lighter day, but on Saturday, wow, it really filled out. Like it was a significant convention. And, uh, so, uh, yeah, I also, I guess, uh, for people who are interested, I mean, they had a lot of great guests this year. I mean, they, Ubisoft was running, uh, it's a national, uh, rainbow six, uh, Canadian, uh, tournament, uh, but then the finals. Was, they, the finals. They, yeah, they had 
they have various uh, tournaments leading up to this. Yes, uh, yes. Yeah, sorry. Yes, to clarify. So this was actually where the finals were held. Um, But uh, yeah, the guests were great. They had uh, Chris Wilson, who is the artist for Cyanide and Happiness. Um, You got to meet him, right, Eric? Um, Yeah, yeah, he's quite nice. And then the the guys from Kind of Funny were here. Greg Miller, Andy Cortez, Nick Scarpino. Yes. And uh, they were also a lot of fun, too. And Mm -hmm. uh, Game Attack came but then also uh uh, bruce green showed up as well as elise willems and uh james willems Mm uh and uh, team luminosity uh showed up and then also uh death battle so you know quite a quite a nice connected uh you know uh you know if you're into video games uh that's that's a lot of video game personality right there you know yeah yeah. so basically the rooster teeth teeth people were there yeah yeah it was a good it was a good amount of rooster teeth so i uh yeah you and i ended up having to split up a couple times and i had to had to leave a little early so i think you got a lot more in on the last day than me uh but uh i was gonna say um you know we caught a couple panels what was your favorite panel uh this this year panels or or um our main stage events. Which one are you, are you thinking of? Are you talking about right now? I was talking about uh, panels, but we can make it panels and main stage events. Actual panels. Um, I think my favorite one was the 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 one with Marissa Roberto and the two developers of Watchdog Legion. Mm, mm, they yeah. they were very. They they gave some good insights into the game development and. Yeah, yeah, you know, it was fun. And no, Marissa Roberto a is a lovely, lovely interviewer and she's a, a nice person in general. So, um, it was nice seeing her there. I yeah, for, for me, I, uh, I'm not as big a watchdogs fan as you. And, uh, I was intrigued by this premise, uh, because, uh, you know, if our viewers don't know, um, listeners, I mean, uh, watchdogs Legion, the next watchdogs game has this feature in which, um, anybody can become an agent that you can play, which sounds incredible. And I thought, actually impossible but that panel uh really uh really showed me like their 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 design process and you know their their thinking and the sort of things they had to go through to make that work and uh yeah and, and based on the demonstrations i mean it actually looks like a really intriguing kind of a game where you will become attached to uh you know the people that you choose to make members of your particular particular branch of deadsec um so yeah, so that was a good one. I my favorite panel was the one with uh, Patrice. Uh, I'm going to pronounce his last name wrong. Uh, Desolée, is it? Yeah. Um, the uh, the original creator of Assassin's Creed, who you know has since gone on to uh, make his own company, uh, and the new game is Ancestors: The Humankind Odyssey. And uh, I mean, really they were focused on talking about this new game because it's such a, a crazy concept. I mean, it's literally a game about, um, I don't know what would you call it? The evolution, you know, of mankind. Yeah. So, <laughs> so this game came out, uh, earlier this year and at the end of August. And, um, basically you take, um, an early form of man and you take him through a couple evolutions. So basically you start as a primate, um, more of a primate and then you become, a more bipedal and you you know you build tools as long as you can survive um through those evolutions it's actually Mm -hmm. a very interesting game um it's on steam right now and it's coming on ps4 and xbox in december right but i mean what's interesting about it is it's it's a non-hand-holdy game i mean it's very much of its own like there's there's been a lot of trends in gaming 
And Patrice uh, wasn't really fans of them. He wasn't about to, you know, just follow, you know, what is out there. He really wanted to make this game, which had been a concept in the back of his mind for some time. And, um, and yeah, it's a very open-ended, kind of drops you right into the jungle. And if you die, you die, you know, because <laughs> it's, the jungle's not is in a fun place, you know. And so, yeah, it sounds like a really neat, uh, a really unique experience. So I'm actually looking forward to playing that game, which I, I had not heard about. Yeah, I, um, I've played a little bit of it. Um, I got it after listening to him mm-hmm. talk about it. So it's, uh, I, I've, I have a couple of games on the go, so, hmm. um, and I haven't had much time to play them. But uh, from what I've played, it's, it's interesting. Um, yeah. It's different. Yeah, I it's mean, different. Yeah, at the very least, that, that's going to always that, be yeah, true. <laughs> I don't even know how else to explain it other than it's different. Sure. I think it's all right. I mean, there's a lot of games like that right now, though, right? I mean, people are trying to always uh, change or uh, test the definition of game, yeah. right? I mean, not to get into Death Stranding, but that's another game that like people would say, is that really a game? You know. So I think Ancestors yeah. sort of test that boundary because people really like a specific format, but this is a game that refuses. Yeah. If, if a game can keep my attention span longer than an hour, that's generally a good thing. And this game, yeah, sometimes. Okay. Well, cool. Cool. Well, I look forward to hearing more about that and uh, I definitely give that a try too, but I really like that panel because Patrice is just a character, you know, I mean, it was just so funny. Mm -hmm. It's very, he's very, I think he's the definition of laissez faire, you know, like he does what he wants to do. And, uh, and you know, everybody else be damned, right? So was there a, a live event that, uh, that stood out for you? Honestly, the, the kind of funny guys are always fun to um, yeah. listen to. I'm, I'm a fan of their audio and video work. The Funhouse people, they had a really good segment where one of our friends actually went up on stage, uh, David. <laughs> and um, they did this. Um, this is Elise and um, James yes. from Funhouse. And they did this whole... Canada versus U.S. trivia thing, which is oh. quite funny. <laughs> nice. And I guess most of the stage events were hosted by Game Attack. So yes. anytime they're on, when when they did Death Battle, that was cool, and yeah, you know all of that stuff. So seeing those seeing those personalities in in, in a live format is actually really yeah really neat, oh. and it's good for any of the fans that are out there. And there are a lot of um of the of fans of these Twitch and YouTube. And um, you know other streaming personalities. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I really like the. They did a big segment on um, on extra life on the last day. Oh, cool! On the main stage, so that was nice. They brought up people from the actual organization and some streamers that um, explained why they, you know, stream on on extra life, like to, yeah, for actually, donations. For maybe describe extra life. Uh... So Extra Life is an organization where you where you can sign up and accept donations for Sick Kids Hospital. Basically, right. all you do is game for 24 hours. And it doesn't have to be video games. You can stream board games or any other type of games. Mm-hmm. Um, just as long as you try and help out um, you know, Sick Kids Hospital. And you get to yeah. pick which hospital you get to donate to. We actually did something with that. I think Geeks with Kids did something like four or five years ago, mm. um, which is nice. So, and yeah. hopefully we'll do it again one day. Yeah. It's good for awareness and good for uh, the cause, you know? And yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, um, that's cool. Yeah. I missed that. So that's yeah. nice that they actually introduced themselves. Yeah. And, you know, I'm glad that, you know, organizations like that too, uh, you know, are, are an important part of mm-hmm. EGLX. Cause there were a lot of organizations that, you know, were about, yeah 
you know, uh, helping groups and kids. Yeah. And, yeah. It wasn't the biggest packed event. Like there, there were still a number of seats, but I was happy to see a number of people there. Mm-hmm. Um, it was probably at least on par with, I don't know the, the, I saw the, the final game of the rainbow six nationals and that was sort of intense. Hmm. It was about on par with the amount of people that were there. Uh, Ubisoft had their own stage just for Rainbow Six, which is of course intense. It had the the best lighting of the whole show. Of course, and the show casters were quite good and nice. You know, seeing people play at that level of intensity is is crazy. And Team Canada won, so you know that's always nice. Wait, wasn't it all just Team Canada? I thought it was the Team Canada finals. No, we were against someone. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. okay. I thought it was it was the determined Team Canada. So cool. No. Wow. Team Canada one. Wow. Okay. Well, that makes it extra exciting then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always wanted to play a little bit of Rainbow Six Siege, but that's a game you really have to be dedicated to and have to have dedicated friends to or a team anyway. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't, <laughs> I don't have. Yeah. We don't have enough people. Dependable friends that are good enough at strategic um, shooters. Like there's a lot of planning that has to go into those types of yeah. games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I, I count myself as one of those people who's not uh, competent enough to uh, <laughs> to help I you think, with that. So I think you could play that game because it's more about planning. And I think the strategic. I think the strategic yeah. aspect of it, I'd be able to nail, but the uh, the accuracy and the speed of it might uh, might uh, mess us yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. There so. was a lot of speed. There was a lot of spin shooting and stuff. Yeah. At least what I saw, it was crazy. Exactly, exactly. Um, Other than but, that, um, I don't think. Um, there were the um, when when we were talking about the organization of the whole um, the floor. Mm-hmm. The the good thing about this year was that they had a dedicated section for cosplayers. They had a, the cosplayer lounge, which was in yeah. the top right or bottom yeah, it was, it was, right it was near area. The front. Yeah, it was near yeah. the front. Yeah, and the all of those workshops they had constant workshops for yes. people wanting to get into cosplaying and it was really cool because i know people that want to get into it so i grabbed some material for mm-hmm. it and they were they were so nice um all the cosplayers were there and they're like okay this is what you should start on if you really know you should do this and then their actual uh, workshops were were intense intense for what i saw yeah that's true um because uh, i think that was one of the things i i wasn't that actually caused us some problems their panel listings were not up to date in the printout so we had to look up on the site and i don't think they ever listed the cosplay stuff properly to be honest because yeah you're right they had their own section they weren't in the rooms they had their own sort of uh cosplay zone and uh yeah they were running they were running panels non-stop like as far as i could tell so i mean yeah if you're a cosplayer there was actually something to see and do for you know like a majority of <laughs> of the event yeah. but i think i think on saturday they had the full listing up for saturday and sunday but on friday i did not see anything yeah unfortunately quite last minute i think uh, some of the changes possibly um yeah so the 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 main thing though i guess that uh we discovered were the indie video games and uh we got to uh talk to some of these people and uh check out some of their their games and and many of them were actually uh local companies too so that was really cool uh eric was there uh one or two companies or games that uh that really stood out for you i think my favorite game of the at least the indie section was foregone from big blue bubble which is a canadian company as well they were i think they said they were mostly mobile right now was that I what think they're, so. they're the singing monsters? 
yes. people, right? Yes, yes, I believe so, yeah. So Foregone is a game that's coming to, you know, Steam in winter 2019. So who knows if that's going to be now or uh, early next year. Mm-hmm. And basically it's this Dead Soul, Dead Cells-esque game. Yeah. Um, that's sort of also a looter shooter. It's all side-scrolling, so it looks like Dead Cells, but it was really fun. It, it felt really... Yeah, really good. It felt like Dead Cells. It was it was quick. It was uh, the response was quite good. The art style is nice. It's nice and bright. Which yeah, is, super bright. Yeah, which is really nice considering Dark Cells. A lot of it took place in a sewer. Um, yeah, I I really liked it. the The music was good. Everything just popped for it. I I, I enjoyed them a lot. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Like, yeah, I'm not really into that sort of Castlevania uh, type game or whatever you, whatever that category is, side scrolling. And obviously, when we both tried it out, I was terrible. But I mean, you really got a chance to, uh, you know, test the uh, the refinement of it, and um, and it looked great. I mean, yeah, I mean, just watching the game, it was just, uh, you know, it had that, uh, you know, that classic. What do you call that? Sixteen bit, whatever uh, style, you know. Yeah, yeah. Dead it, cells, it, yeah, it has, cells, yeah, but, it has the eight, yeah, the sixteen bit dead cells look. But um, um, it's very, um, you know, in right now that look. Yeah, but nevertheless, despite that being the trend, this game, it, yeah, the colors were just so vibrant. Yeah, it, it was good. I like that mm-hmm. one. That's the yeah, one. I was um, other than that, I really enjoyed a fold apart. Mm, um, yes. That game was about a, it's a 3D puzzle game about a long distance relationship, but mm-hmm. it's done through papercraft mm-hmm. and the design and the music and the puzzles are all so incredibly charming. Yeah. Um, they said that the, 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 the designer who created this game is a former Pixar artist mm-hmm. and you could totally tell that all the charm comes from his experience in that and his, you know, it's based on his relationship. So you can see how personal it is. Yeah. That was the thing I liked about that game was, um, lightning rod games is the company. And, uh, when we were talking to the guys there, I mean, everyone involved with it had a lot of experience. They're, they're all from different, you know, game companies over time. So that level of craftsmanship was just kind of <laughs> instilled into everything. And uh, yeah, it just has this really adorable sort of style where you literally fold the world to try to bring these two characters together. Um, and yeah, they did a lot of work on the writing as well, you know, because it is actually based on a, a real experience of, of someone involved with the game. So that that was my main pick. Uh, I thought that game looked adorable. And that's going to be coming out for every platform as well. So I did, can't wait. Did you end up playing any of it? Or did you just watch me play uh, I think I did play a little bit of it on uh, at a different time when I went back to the booth. So hmm. yes, yeah, yeah. No, the music was amazing though too for that one. Um, yeah, I quite liked the, that game too. Was there any other games that uh, caught your attention? Uh, Hit Grab Games were there. They are actually a Toronto company. They're yes. on Adelaide, so they are right downtown. <laughs> and um, they had four games there, but one was really quite charming again. I don't know. It, it, it had a good feel. It was um, Clan O'Connell. It's a Celtic side-scroller game, so it sort of felt like... It was sort of that Metro Metroidvania-type feel again. Right. It had the animation. Kind of an animation. Good, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it had this sort of like sort of a very modern looking, uh, more clean, sharp uh, animation style. So yeah, it had a nice look to it. Um, yeah. It captured um, that Celtic feel, I felt. It reminded me, if, if we're thinking of games that it reminds me of, it reminded me of Hollow Knight uh, oh, more than anything else. Sure. Um, 
they they call it a 2D action adventure platformer. So yeah, with puzzle solving, it is pretty much Hollow Knight in a in a um, <laughs> cultic form. It, it it's it's one it wonderful. I guess. Yeah, yeah. No, that's one I'm looking forward to as well. I'm curious. Uh, I didn't play that one, but uh, yeah, I'd like to see what happens with that one. Uh, one that I'm a little bit biased of, which I didn't even realize I was. Uh, was a Project X Terra Firma by a company called Idiom Loop. And I guess I'm biased because I didn't even realize there was a connection to a, uh, an artist from previous shows that we'd met who, who does artwork using tea stains. Yeah. And yeah, sh- this is uh, the, uh, you know, their company. And, but the, the, the art direction in this one is very different. It's, it's got this very precise, very minimalist sort of feel. And it's, it's like a... Uh, it's like a gold rush game on Mars, and uh, it—I uh, don't know how else to describe it, other than the fact that it's just got this really stark but still really beautiful minimalist look yeah. to it. Yeah, I was talking to Dara about uh, Dara Gold is the the artist um, who the tea artist mm-hmm. who who designed the look of the game, and she was talking about how they wanted it to look rich and encompassing, but uh, also to feel that isolation that you would feel if you were on Mars terraforming it. Yeah, um, right. And it has this futuristic like polygonal look to it that has a early 2000s feel which is mm-hmm. you know nice for this. Yeah, it's retro but yeah. I mean it's it's yeah, it, I don't know. I just I just really like the look of it. I think they it, it's like what you said what they were going for. I think they captured it. Um I think yeah. they nailed that. So. And Dara Gold is a is a is a lovely, lovely artist. She's mm-hmm. like, like you said, her tea art is amazing, and she's currently working. I don't know if I was supposed to talk about this, but I'm going to talk about it. She's currently working on a set of four D and D inspired um, pieces, hmm. and they're each of the seasons, and then like, so each season has a specific uh, creature in it. Hmm. And she showed me her sketches, and it was just amazing. So nice. Nice. Um, I didn't get a chance to buy something from her this yeah me neither um, this time, but I think I'll see her at the next. I I, I have her email address, so I have to email her about a project. Yeah. Um. So. Well, I look forward to looking for them again at the next event that we go to. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. So, other than the video game booths, were there any non-video game booths that stood out uh, for you this year? Well, they had the maker's space. The family area was new for this iteration of EGLX. They had mm-hmm. a big, I guess, area in the center of the whole convention. And they had coaches there for people to relax, especially people with kids. And they had some video games there. But they also had these maker space things where you could learn how to program a robot right. or um, do some wiring stuff. Maker, maker, um, maker Kids is a Toronto-based organization that helps kids um, with programming and like learning these steam or steam stem type um, activities right it's actually really good um i never got a chance to meet any of the mm-hmm. um, representatives there because they were always so busy helping yeah. kids it was really nice to see um the families there um, yeah yeah i thought that was a good addition uh to the show for sure other booths that i really enjoyed they had um there's one booth i met i i randomly stumbled on just because i was super tired on the last day and I was just, and I found an extra aisle mm-hmm. that I never knew was there. <laughs> oh no. Um, and there was a small, small booth and then this guy pulled me over. His name's Eric and um, it, his company's called audio hospitality and they're based out of Montreal. Yeah. And they had a haptic chair. So a chair that moved 
based on the sounds um, that were coming out of the um, your computer or video game system or movie or whatever. And there are, and as I was talking to him, like I, I ended up testing out the chair and it's actually one of the best gaming chairs I've ever, you know, sat in. It was actually comfortable. The lumbar support was nice. And uh, the haptic response was really quite good. It wasn't gimmicky. I pl- yeah. ended up playing Mario Kart and it felt like I was actually driving a car. Wow. Um, th- I was talking to him about the development of this chair and they only had three prototypes from what I, oh, wow. From what I could, um, from what I remember, and one of them is going to a um, you know a place to mass produce them. They mm-hmm. just got funding for it. Like everything was ro- rolling in their favor just in the past like month. Oh, they, great, they, great! They got, they got to EGLX really late. Like they got um, they got supported by the Canadian government for funds and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And um, he was saying that during the development of this chair, they actually ended up working with McGill and. Um, medical engineers to to build the motherboard and the the haptic motors and stuff in the the chair and they're looking to not only just use this uh, technology for um, video games or movies but to actually be used be used in rehabilitation for people um, in hospitals because of the feedback element of it yeah so so basically yeah so the control of it and how responsive it is. And, mm-hmm. um, wow. So they're working with McGill on how this could be used in a medical application. Right. Um, and it's actually really cool. Like I, I, I wish they were in a better spot because it was such a small booth. Um, I don't know if any of the press got to go over there as much as it should. Where I, was I, this I, actually? Because I don't remember this at all. <laughs> no, it, it, it's, it was over by um, the artist alley area so really it's a yeah. okay you know that random exit that was over there yes a, there was an aisle that way oh, and i oh found man. and i randomly got to them and um yeah super nice they got they ended he ended up talking to extra life so hopefully he gets to yeah hook up with them for something cool nice yeah. So I, I mean, I'd say overall, like, I mean, having been to only one other EGLX, uh, before, uh, which I thought was, you know, a nice, I would call it quaint to be honest, uh, the previous one, because you know, it, uh, it had a lot of the same things, but, uh, the panels were a little bit more intimate and, uh, it was just overall a little bit smaller. I mean, it was fun because it's still, you know, showcased a lot of the, the indie developers and whatnot. This year, I feel like maybe the artist aisle was possibly a little overloaded, but everything else was like a nice, like, evolution from the previous I don't one. know if the artist alley was overloaded. I just think it was badly um, organized. Sure. Like, they could have taken that space and made it way nicer. Like, there was that card game we saw. I don't remember what it was called. Genesis, oh. Battle of Champions. Like yeah, that, I know. Was such, you know, that was such a weird, it was such a weird um, spot for it. And it was right across from that metal guy who was amazing. Yeah. Um, but like that area was like crowded because you have a place where people are demoing cards. So they need the space. And yeah, I don't know. It wasn't a good um, spot. No. And then the video games were sort of spread out amongst people selling things and, um, the whole, the whole indie area was just it was sort of a mess. I, d- I don't yeah, know. Really yeah. Well, I, I, I didn't mean to say that like there are too many artists. I mean, I love artist alley, you know, mm. but it, it, it is funny how artist alley is always like its own. I mean, it's called artist alley, right? It's always its own sort of zone. And it was really far off. I mean, those card game guys and the metal guy, like that was even worse. 
because at least Artist Alley was kind of part of the main floor almost, but those those other guys were tucked into a back corner, unfortunately. Yeah. There was also like weird like cell phone games like randomly on the other side of the yes of the floor, which made no sense. So I don't know. Sometimes it just felt like they were like, okay, you're a last minute person. We're gonna pop you over here. Yeah, it's we're possible. Pop you over here. Um, yeah. Seeing Sun Life there was weird. I don't know. Yeah, well, there was there were some lawyers there who I actually spoke with, and um, you know what? I don't even remember why they were there because I, I I was curious, and I think they were talking about they were there to talk to people about legal representation if you're going to become a streamer. I believe that was there, but it was it was something so specific that that was a bit strange. And then yeah, and then there was a Sun Life booth and. So, I mean, I guess like, you know, that's the thing when it's a growing pains thing as, as the convention gets big enough, you know, certain corporations start to descend, you know, whether they make sense or not, you know, but, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, yeah. So, but I mean, I, I, I enjoyed myself. I thought it was a nice, uh, I thought it was an upgrade. Uh, it was yep. good to have yeah. it at the convention center. And I think, I don't know about the numbers in previous years, but I think having it at the convention center, uh, could only have helped the amount of people able to get there and enjoy it. So there were definitely more people there this year than they were last year. And it didn't feel like, because it was so big, um, it didn't feel like it was overcrowded. It didn't feel like a Saturday at fan expo, which is just obnoxious. Um, yeah. And and there were a lot of people like there were more than a Friday fan expo. Yeah. Um, So, you know, it, it, as much as I was, I'm, I was bitching about the organization. Most of it was pretty good. Yeah, um, yeah. they gave us free coffee, um, all weekend, which was nice. Um, at least they had that one vendor, the, the cold brew coffee place. Yeah. They're yeah, pretty it, all right. It wasn't they, it was the cold brew people who were yeah, giving cold, out free coffee. Yeah. Them in advance. It was, it was energy drinks and, and cold brew all yeah, weekend, which is perfect uh, for a, that type of uh, event. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the, I was surprised that the vendors, like the actual, like, like uh, Corsair and Canada computers mm. and they weren't all together. Like they yeah, were all they were spread out. out. Yeah. Which Omen. I guess sort of makes sense if they're doing giveaways. Yeah. So you don't always crowd the middle area, but um, seeing them split up was a little, odd i'm not opposed Um, to that though because i mean yeah yeah, it'd be nice to be able to shop in one place but then i don't know i guess yeah like you said the giveaways it's a little bit easier and uh it breaks it up a little bit i guess uh i wouldn't Mm -hmm. want it to all just be one shopping area i I think it's more that there were there were lines up lines there were lots of lineups for these places so they would take over main walking areas Yeah. yeah and that was sort of a pain in the ass especially on sunday when all the all the giveaways were happening at the same, not around the same time, but yeah, there was like one hour after the next hour after the next hour. It's just like, okay, you can't walk in this section now, which yeah. sucks for like, um, yeah, the smaller, vendors. like, well, even like some of the bigger ones, like audio Technica was there. They're a headphone and, um, microphone, uh, company. Like they're fairly big, like, but they had a small booth and they were over by Corsair and they would just be like overrun. And there was only one, person there yeah and yeah because they were showcasing their stuff for streaming and for you know mm-hmm. all of that yeah for, for podcasts yeah yeah well not necessarily podcasts but they did have their their microphones there and shout out to them because they ended up giving us four mics which was awesome of them yeah it's fantastic yes Who thank you 
uh, Nico, Nico at Audio Technica. They're actually they actually just opened up a Canadian branch, like a Canadian office in Montreal. So yeah. it's awesome to see them come down. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think this was a success. I mean, in, in terms of conventions, that it, uh, it was a good time. And I think uh, I look forward to it expanding maybe a little bit more. But, you know, I if the crowds get any worse, then I might be complaining about that. So <laughs> I think all in all, like you said, good layout, good space, good energy. And uh, it's it's only growing. And that that's a good thing for them. Yeah. Uh, Canada needs to, you know step up in the video gaming space because there's a lot of people like even Elise. Yeah, Elise yeah. from um, Funhouse. She's Canadian. Right. So it was nice seeing her represent Canada and the States the mingling mm-hmm. together. Yeah. So it was a good time. Um, I hope uh, we go and check out the next one as well and I look forward to that. Um, so yeah, so uh, I guess I'll put it up to the audience. If anyone else went to the EGLX, what did you think of it uh, this year? Uh, email us uh, or uh, leave a message at uh, one of the many ways that you can reach us. And I guess uh, on that note, uh, we will call it uh, a night. So thank you, Eric, for being on. And uh, thank you to our uh, loyal listeners. So wishing you all a great night. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Well, that's it for us this week on Geeks with Kids. If you want to get a hold of us, you can send us an email at podcast at geekswithkids.ca. And don't forget to like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash geekswithkids. Follow us on Twitter at geekswithkidscn. Check out our pics on Instagram at geekswithkids. And you can find all of this good stuff on our website at www.geekswithkids.ca. So if you like what you hear, why don't you hit that subscribe button and leave us a comment. This podcast can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, YouTube, and your favorite podcasting app. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.